chapters seven through nine of a memoir on the life and character of the reverend prince demetrius a de galitzin by thomas hyden this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seven success of his colony is recalled to europe but declines the character of the reverend prince for holiness and zeal the report of his extraordinary sacrifices for conscience's sake soon awakened public attention and numbers flocked from all parts to place themselves under his spiritual standard they were generally penniless friendless houseless but they ever found in the expansive charity of the generous gallitzin a welcome and a home even when he himself was disinherited and proscribed by his former sovereign alexander the autocrat of all the russians to widen the pale of his contemplated catholic colony he found it was necessary for him to secure extensive tracts of land for the daily arriving colonists or movers these allegheny lands were owned by opulent individuals in eastern cities on whose indulgence as to the payment therefore he had often to throw himself how his impulsive heart now yearned to possess his birthright his immense inheritance to spend it all for religion on his chosen mountain but he had become a catholic priest and for a russian citizen to commit this crime dooms him to confiscation to prescription as it did the first christians under nero and diocletian however he strongly hoped that through the blessing of divine providence he might one day obtain from the tyrant's grasp some portion of his vast estates that thereby he might be enabled to achieve some important permanent good for the interests of religion through the exertions of powerful friends in russia namely the imperial counts frederick leopold de stolberg and clemens augustus de mervelt he received at last a portion of his large fortune and all of it was faithfully spent for the glory of god in furthering his great object a catholic settlement of the vastest proportions calculating now upon the regular remittance of funds arising from the sale of his estates in europe he undertook to purchase vast bodies of land he provided at his own cost for the new settlers articles of clothing medical stores flour mills sawmills and other conveniences unknown before in that region where the newly arrived colonists had to travel forty or fifty miles into the adjacent counties for their breadstuffs and other necessaries we may conceive how devoted he was to his severe self-denying life on the desolate summits of the allegheny when we are told that he could not be prevailed on to abandon his mission field by a temptation of the most pressing character urged by every kind of influence calculated to make him yield on the sixth of march eighteen o three his father prince demetrius suddenly died at brunswick in saxony in consequence of this event the friends of our reverend prince in the old world assured him that it was absolutely necessary for him to return as soon as possible to europe as the only son of the deceased prince 
he was called by every motive of affection honor and interest to make a voyage to europe in order to secure the vast possessions inherited from his father his mother princess amelia wrote to him a most affectionate letter in which as an inducement for him to visit the old world she set forth in glowing terms the advantages which such a voyage would bring to him in furthering his zealous aspirations the recovery of his princely fortune she said would materially advance his philanthropic projects of colonization she even resolved to apply to the russian emperor for permission for her son to revisit his country and she succeeded in her appeal a proof of her extraordinary influence at the russian court especially when we bear in mind the stringent laws of this despotic government on the subject of expatriation according to a ukaisa promulgated by the czars every nobleman going beyond the bounds of the empire for purposes not connected with the pursuits of trade was only allowed to depart for a certain specified time not exceeding five years upon a presentation of several hundred roubles to the foundling hospital every russian subject must instantly return at the citation of the police for the infringement of this rule his property is confiscated and his person liable to exile the princess being fully aware of the great influence which right reverend bishop carroll and dr nago his former superior had over him wrote also to both these distinguished characters to use their combined efforts to prevail upon him to return immediately to russia impelled by her entreaties bishop carroll summoned to baltimore our apostle of the alleghanies he promptly abandons his mountain home at the bidding of his ecclesiastical superior he humbly and modestly states his reasons for not complying with the attractive invitation to return to his friends and country his reasons were substantially these he was the cause he said in reply of a large number of catholic families settling in a wild uncultivated region where they formed a parish of considerable extent the legislature had even contemplated to erect into a county seat his newly founded town of loretto and great numbers were added to the settlement the illustrious prelate was convinced by the reasons which he gave for declining a european trip however flattering it might be personally to him he accordingly wrote to his beloved mother princess amelia a most filial letter in which he says whatever i must gain by the voyage to europe in a temporal point of view cannot in my estimation be compared with the loss of a single soul that might be occasioned by my absence chapter eight hopes of recovering his fortune russian decree at the request of princess amelia he had appointed the following conspicuous noblemen as his agents for the recovery of his inheritance baron de furstenberg grand vicar prime minister to the elector of cologne and the imperial counts frederick leopold de stolberg and clemens augustus de mervelt who readily accepted the commission and zealously labored to bring it to a successful close 
soon however they had to send him disastrous intelligence they dispatched to him the decree of the russian senate at st petersburg which can compete with any one ever issued by a roman senate against the first christians under the persecuting emperors the following letter which he received from his illustrious agents dated eighteen o eight contains the decree the question concerning your and the princess your sisters claim to your father's property is so determined by the senate of st petersburg that you dearest prince in consequence of your having embraced the catholic faith and the clerical profession etc cannot be admitted to the possession of your deceased father's property and that therefore your sister the princess is to be considered the sole heiress to the said estate and is to be put in possession of the same the council of state has given the same decision and the emperor by his sanction has given the sentence by the force of law the princess has by the laws of russia perfect control over the income but cannot give the property away however she is at liberty to sell it and to dispose of the monies arising from the sale you see then dearest prince that you are only nominally excluded your dear and respected mother often thought it possible and probable that the decision would fall out in this way and was wont to say it is immaterial whether the sentence of russia be pronounced in favor of both my children or only of my daughter my son can lose nothing by it even in russia the business is so considered we therefore congratulate you on the happy issue of this business without minding the killing letter of the law as in this case the spirit of justice and charity makes up the loss to you in the first ages of the church those christians who nobly suffered for christ's sake in fortune life or limb were hailed and honored indiscriminately under the common title of confessors in subsequent times whilst the glorious name of martyrs or witnesses was reserved for those who had generously shed their blood for christ the honorable appellation of confessors was bestowed upon those who suffered persecution who were sentenced to banishment or were despoiled of all their goods for conscience's sake and assuredly we may be allowed to accord this title to the devoted Galitzin, who for the catholic faith and the priesthood incurred imperial wrath and the forfeiture of all his goods he was still in hopes that he would receive from europe at least the wreck of his princely property his expectations were chiefly based upon the prospect of eluding the barbarous decree of the russian senate according to the favorable interpretation put upon it by his noble friends furstenberg de stolberg and mervelt his hopes were yet more confirmed by a letter from his sister princess maria anna i need not she says repeat to you that you may be perfectly easy if we only receive the property whether under your name or my name makes no difference amongst us i shall divide with you faithfully and i am certain that you would with me such was the will of our deceased father and of our dearest mother 
and such also shall be the desire of my affectionate love and devotedness towards you my dearest brother our reverend prince also received from her after the sentence of his disinheritance letters full of assurance of her good will towards him in one of them she thus concludes i flatter myself more and more with the hope that i shall die easy and content when reflecting that god has spared my days in order to save for you a property which you certainly intend to spend for his glory and wish to have only for this purpose the news of her marriage with prince de salm damped his buoyant hopes as he had believed that his sister forty-eight years old would never marry but remain in single blessedness he was however cheered by a letter which he received from her after her expected matrimonial alliance dearest brother she says my new state of life will not cause the least alteration in the relation that exists between you and me my husband is too noble-minded to have sought anything else by forming this connection only a helpmate and a friend would have it that i should keep full possession of my property and he declared before our marriage that you should lose nothing by it the marriage of his sister with prince de Zalm proved unfortunate a bankrupt and totally insolvent he absorbed all his wife's large fortune and blasted the hopes of her worthy brother all the resources on which he calculated as the means of sustaining and furthering the prosperity of his dear mountain mission were swamped by this gambling profligate german prince chapter nine debts and difficulties how he got into his difficulties he informs us himself in a letter to bishop carroll having shortly after my father's decease contracted for land to a large amount and that at a time when it was morally impossible to foresee the vexatious steps and attempts of our relations to wrest from our hands the estate lawfully derived from our ancestors i find myself suddenly involved without any possibility of fulfilling my contracts unless by exposing for sale the very lands i had purchased this method i tried as soon as the hopes of getting money from europe had vanished but the general depression of business and scarcity of money rendered my endeavors nearly fruitless my debts increased from year to year owing to unavoidable expenses and accruing interest yet the astonishing indulgence of my creditors and the happy news of the recovery of our estate kept up my spirits and caused me to entertain no small hopes of a speedy and favorable change no doubt such a change will take place but it will be in all probability too late to prevent the greatest distress to myself as well as to some of my creditors it was in consequence of the flattering but fallacious prospects which i have stated that he was induced to involve himself heavily in debt it was on the strength of them that he went on purchasing wide tracts of land disposing of them and reserving them for catholic settlers 
and encouraging the faint-hearted amongst them to remain at every possible risk and pecuniary loss to himself the occupants of the farms being almost always poor were unable to pay him anything on the purchase money and the lands which were often purchased from the original owners at too high a rate proved unproductive but this did not detract anything from the merit of the princely provider the privations and sufferings of these pioneers of the wilderness were sometimes extreme murmurs and complaints were occasionally heard but when soldiers see their generals and officers braving the same fatigues and dangers as themselves they freely submit to every hardship even so the allegheny colonists were softened down when they witnessed their apostolic leader the self-sacrificing gallitzin suffering with them and faring infinitely worse their repinings were soon repressed and even turned into the most buoyant and holy confidence in that being who provideth food for the ravens when their young ones cry to god because they have no meat it was purely for the interests of religion it was for the spiritual and temporal welfare of his mountain colony it was for the prosperity of the great cambria catholic settlement that he generously underwent all the hardships and risks of indebtedness even to the liability of unrighteous imprisonment and all from the loftiest motive that ever inspired any sacrifice his beloved flock have had before their eyes innumerable proofs to convince them how entirely disinterested he was in contracting these debts and how not a dollar of them was incurred by his personal wants or wastes his household was regulated by the strictest economy the economy of the poor he who had been destined in princely halls to shine was clad in the plain homemade stuff of the country he had but one suit of superfine cloth and this he never used except when during the session of congress he was wont to visit the ambassador who happened at the time to represent at washington the emperor of russia his mansion on top of the allegheny mountain was a small miserable log cabin not denied to the poorest of the poor when he contrasted his present desolate wilderness home with his former but now renounced grandeur he could truly say with the prodigal in the gospel how many hired servants in my father's house have plenty of bread to eat and i here perish with hunger to liquidate the debts which he had contracted for religion's sake and to save something for the poor the accredited members of jesus made him live in this perpetual penance or daily death as saint paul has it i die daily his little lone cabin on the wild summit of the allegheny presented a strange contrast with the gallitzin palace near moscow which is thus described by a late traveller we left the city of moscow and passed by the kaluga road through the long suburbs filled with huge convents hospitals and barracks until we reached the villa of the gallitzins this is the most elegant of all the summer residences of the russian nobility and for the natural beauty of its situation is unequalled in the empire it lies upon the bank of the winding river 
and is surrounded with parks and gardens it had been coveted by the emperor his majesty offered its proprietors a large sum of money for this suburban paradise the gallitzins refused the money but immediately offered the estate as a present to their sovereign the delicacy of the latter would not permit him to accept it as a gift and for a time the beautiful domain will remain in the possession of its ancient masters how noble his principles and practice during the trying period of his indebtedness how unflinchingly he remained at his post leaning upon that providence that never deceived him for many are the tribulations of the just but out of them all the lord will deliver them when urged by his american friends to make a voyage to europe to obtain resources for his church debts he would invariably decline the individual who draws up this memoir once wrote to him on the necessity of his going to europe for this laudable purpose and tried to convince him that never did any ecclesiastic from america visit there on such an errand with such certainty of the most felicitous results the very name of gallitzin his noble connections as well as the fame of his great sacrifices it was told him would secure him the most favorable recognition at the european especially the catholic courts he wrote back in reply i am afraid my voyage to europe must be deferred ad grecus calendas being in my sixty-seventh year burdened moreover with the remnant of my debts reduced from eighteen thousand dollars to two thousand five hundred dollars i had better spend my few remaining days if any in trying to pay off that balance and in preparing for a longer journey he considered the desertion of his post for any human transaction would wear the appearance of shirking his pecuniary responsibility and what to him was infinitely worse the abandoning of his loved flock nay even when entreated to return to his family by an authority which he so much respected his affectionate mother princess amelia who assured him that she had obtained for his return the approbation of the emperor alexander he respectfully but firmly declined as he had made the sacrifice of parents home country and all he was determined that there should be no robbery in the holocaust he had put his hand to the plough and deemed it criminal to look behind him after the world and its vain amusements its pleasures and its politics with what heroic fortitude and patience did he not endure the forfeiture of his estates on account of his becoming a catholic and a priest in a letter to bishop carroll in eighteen o five he expresses his complete submission to the will of god as follows it was only the first of july i received your kind favor and the letters from my mother in reply to these i can assure your lordship that i am perfectly resigned to the will of god and do not feel the least concern about the loss of my estate if it is the will of providence that i should lose it i had long ago consecrated it in my own mind to the service of god and his sanctuary his will be done 
how well he bore his bitter disappointments his blasted hopes he had on one occasion been assured by the most undoubted authority that soon would be forwarded to him the very handsome sum that was realized by the sale of his mother's precious collection of grecian and roman antiquities and other valuables this pious lady had bequeathed them to her confessor rev dr overberg in trust to be sold for the education of the poor or some other charitable object this worthy clergyman hearing of the privations undergone by her son in america and considering that his establishment of a catholic colony at loretto might well be called a religious foundation resolved to appropriate to his benefit the proceeds of the sale he acquainted the princess de zalm with his intention and solicited her to have recourse to the king of holland the former friend and condisciple of her brother for the purpose of inducing him to purchase the Gallitzin collection as a valuable addition to his own extensive one. The king, faithful to his promise of eternal friendship, which in his youth he had vowed to Prince Gallitzin, as soon as he heard of his difficulties in America, at once agreed to take this very recherché treasure of antiques at twenty thousand dollars this sum was actually deposited by rev dr overberg in the hands of prince de zalm with the express understanding that it was to be instantly transmitted to the devoted missionary at loretto in the united states but he never received more than one half of this fund with abundant promises of more with the most holy equanimity he pressed to his lips the chalice which his master had appointed him to drink and if he had any regret it was that of being deprived through the injustice of men of the means of advancing the glory of god to the boundless extent of his wishes End of chapter nine